2: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Two Goalies, One Mike. I'm Johnny Cullen, joined always by Dwayne Steinel, and we are so lucky to have for episode 43, part two, Chris Peters, currently with ESPN um, he's worked with with um, CBS, with USA Hockey, somebody as, uh, you know, an aspiring journalist, somebody I followed for a really long time and really looked up to, um, you know, really in the know, has some awesome, awesome insight in, into not only what's going on with the World Juniors, but with the NHL and the prospect systems. Please check out his work. Like I said, he's currently at ESPN. Um, some really great articles there in the past couple of weeks. Uh, if you're interested in, in checking out where the Sabres sit with their prospect
3: pool, um, Chris Peters, thank you for being here, brother. Hey, it's awesome to be here. Thanks guys. I appreciate you having me.
1: Yeah. Thanks again. Uh, thanks again, Chris. I know I got that late, late night DM last night. from you. <laughs> Uh, I was honestly, I was, I, I was in and out of sleep, man, trying to stay up for that USA. Cause I, mean, you know, I, I work grueling hours at work, especially on Saturdays and, uh, it's a very physically intense job. And I was just kind of doing the head Bob during the game. Sometimes <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I woke up the one time I woke up and I looked down on my side, you know, Chris, Pete, Chris Peters, you know, sent me a uh, DM or replied and I'm like, Oh hell yeah, here we go. And then, so yeah, I could do tomorrow. And I'm like, well, we have Dave Starman. Tomorrow. I was like, oh, I guess we're doing two episodes. Let's go. <laughs> I found well, out Chris, I fist pumped and celebrated
2: <laughs> in my car when Dwayne told me I
1: was pumped.
3: Yeah. Sorry. I didn't get back to you sooner. I was just oh, like, it's fine. It's these days are fine. like a whirlwind especially for me, right yeah, so. now,
1: especially now with the world yeah. the tournament going on. It, 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 Dave even said it himself. It, it's been a whirlwind for them. For yeah,
3: yeah, it is. And it, you know, though I wouldn't have it any other way. I mean, every year, I mean obviously I would the only other way I would have it is if I was at the tournament, which I usually would be, and 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 to not be there is unfortunate. But I'm I'm able to, you know, kind of relax and watch the games and, and, and step away from them a little bit. And it's been good. I think it's actually helped me watch the games better. So yes, but it's 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 uh it's such a fun time of year. So yeah, I'm happy to do it. And you know, today we get a nice off day uh, you know, before the semis really and the gold medal. Yeah. Yeah. I have to regroup. I don't know about the players. The players are probably fine, but I have to regroup. So. Well, I wanted to ask you, you, uh, mentioned, yeah.
2: <laughs> you mentioned that you're usually at world juniors and I know that provides, um, you know, extra access. And, and, and there's something to be said about being able to watch a game live. And, and that's part of the reason why me and Dwayne love the world juniors so much, especially, you know, when they, when they're held in cities where they really pack the barn, there's nothing else like it. And, and it's best on best at the U 20 level. Um, You mentioned how it's different this year and it's different for everybody, but as a sports journalist, as somebody covering the tournament, you know, there's gotta be some positives to it. Like you said, the ability to, to watch it, you know, from home on TV, what advantages does that present when, when writing pieces on it and covering it and what disadvantages?
3: Yeah. Well, the nice thing is is getting a lot more replays than we would normally get in a live game. I mean, it's like, if you miss it, and then you miss that first replay, you're, you're wondering what the heck happened. So you really have to keep your, your head up and, and try to watch the game as much like a scout as you can. Um, Even though it's a little different because you're also trying to like work social media and all this other stuff during the course of a game, but it's a lot easier to do that. You know, obviously in, at home, I can go back to rewind stuff and everything and, 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 figure out what I missed. So those are advantages. I mean, like in terms of disadvantages though, I mean, you know, we don't get to pick who we interview at the end of the game. You know, it's basically whatever two players are provided to us and the head coach, that's all we get, you know? So if it was a player that it's had so a particularly, what's that? You pick picks them? Uh, I believe the federations do, or maybe the double IHF says, here are the players that we're going to need to have. Cause I haven't, I haven't made any requests that, uh, you know, that, you know, th- and some of them will like uh, accommodate one-on-one interviews, but usually not on a game night. So, you know, you're trying to catch up and uh we used to have, you know, practices, you go to the practice and then you have an availability after the practice, you can get pretty much whoever you wanted. And that helps a lot because it just, you got to get a sense of what the team is like. You can't talk to the same, you know, we're not getting the same players every time after games, which is good. Um, And we do And in USA hockey and hockey Canada, they've all provided multiple media availabilities, which has been good, but it's really hard to do decent interviews on in a zoom setting. It's a lot easier to do it face-to-face and just kind of get a feel for the player. Yeah. Um, And, you know, you know, making sure you're getting your questions in and everything like that, but I haven't had too many issues. I mean, like it, it, it works and I don't, you know, I'm not a beat writer, so I'm not writing game stories. So it's not like vital to me that, that I have quotes after a game, but I'm usually asking the questions like, Hey, you know, what, what, what is uh, you know, what are some of the things that you did, you've done to improve over the course of the tournament? How are you, you know, how are you managing this, that, and the other thing. And uh, those aren't always necessarily the questions you want to ask in a post game setting. They're usually more of those, those practice day questions. And so if you don't get the right guy, you know, you don't get to ask him. So I've, I've, I've tried to keep it pretty simple. Um, but other than that, I mean, it's been good to be, be home and obviously I just, you know, miss the, the experience of being there and, and, and not having fans and all those other things all, all make an impact as well.
2: Well answered. And I think we're all with you on that last one. I, I love the atmosphere. Sorry. Go ahead, Dwayne.
1: No, um, you pretty much just said it right there for me, Kali. Uh, I, okay. you know, you pretty much answered the question for me. So I wanted to, so
2: we just talked uh, we just interviewed Dave Starman. I, I know you guys, he's a friend of yours. Uh, you know, you guys have crossed paths. Um, and there's a couple things I wanted to get into you while we had you, Chris, I know we don't have you for a ton of time, uh, between the World juniors, um, you know, the Sabres pipeline and kind of just a a brief preview on, on the season to come. Um, so maybe we'll start with the world juniors. Is that
1: okay with you, Dwayne? That's fine with me, man. That's, that was, yeah. So as we get into
2: (laughs) it, um, you know, obviously this will probably drop tomorrow before the, the semifinals. Um, I think we've been in for a treat, um, you know, certain people were calling out, I don't know if, 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 if this year was any different than usual, kind of the lopsided scores, but I think you see certain in every group, no matter how they're split up, you know, the Austrias, the Denmark's of the world are, are not going to play Canada, USA, Russia, Sweden to, to close games all the time. I love it because, you know, just seeing these, these countries play, um, whether it was, um, Rossi on, um. On Austria, really do a lot of good things, but you look at Germany and, and Stutzel's just been for. We talked a little bit about him prior to the draft, Chris, and, and um, you know hoping the Sabres would get him, but obviously didn't think he'd fall that far. But JJ Paterka really has stepped up and, and had a great tournament. For me, I know he he ended the tournament, um, you know, the round robin with a big. Three goal, two assist performance, I believe, which was impressive. But for me, it was the game before that. Um, I think it was the overtime assist he had. Um, I I believe that was against the Czechs or I, slow, box, know, yep. yeah, slow Box. I yeah. Yeah, Slow And for me, that was just a really fun overtime period. He was on the ice for about a minute, 45 seconds before that. Uh, was able to to draw the his his weak side defender into him and dish it back to the top for a shot through traffic. Um, What have you thought about J.J. Paterka and and, and Germany and and obviously them making the quarterfinals for the first time?
3: I thought I thought that J.J. looked like a first rounder. You know, he's a second round pick, but he looked like a first rounder in this tournament. And and he did it stretches last season, too. And I you know, he was right on the cusp for me. Um, you know, he, he, but, but this was him probably playing some of the best hockey that I've personally seen him play. I think he's a little bit more explosive in terms of his skating stride. I think that he's, he was able to beat defenders wide a lot more easily. I thought that his instincts were good. You mentioned that pass. I mean, I think even he was, he, he's, he had such a shooter's mentality, but in this tournament, it was take what's, take what's given to you and try to make plays. And he made a lot of plays, you know, he made some great, uh, you know, kind of feeds to to Stutzla as well. And, and, and those two guys working together in tandem were just outstanding. Now, I think Stutzler is obviously the better driver of play. He's going to be the guy that has the puck on his stick. But, but I think Paterka showed at stretches of in that tournament that he can do that. He can do that when you need him to. And, and that was something that I wasn't necessarily um, going to see it. I didn't think I would see in this tournament. So I, I thought that that J.J. Was, was outstanding. I thought that he looked better this year than at any point I saw him last year. So he's taken advantage of, of the extra time to get stronger. Uh, that's another thing that I – I mean, he's always been pretty physically strong. He's been playing against men, so he, he has to be. And um, I, th- I thought that he took a huge leap as a prospect over the last year, and, and I was really excited to see the way that he was able to dictate things at this level, even against teams like Canada and Finland, you know, he was, he was every bit as good. You know, I always look at those smaller countries. Like can these guys play on any team in this tournament? I think JJ Paterka proved that he can.
2: Bang on well said. And, and, and leading into that, like you said, he he was very strong on his skates. And compared to a guy like Stutzel, who who's just an absolute monster, his balance, his ability to use not only his skill, but his power forward range, I thought there'd be a bigger gap. And Paterka really, you know, for a team that didn't have a ton of depth, whether it was because of the, you know, the COVID cases they had coming in, you know, he obviously was going to play a big role regardless, but I think he stepped, in even, he stepped up even more, which was awesome to see. And for a Sabres organization, Chris, honestly, that – has really missed on a lot of picks outside the first round. And even some of the first round picks, that's been our Achilles heel. You, you need to hit on some of your second, third, fourth round picks. You're not going to hit on all of them, hey. but you need to have some. And the Sabres really haven't. Um, so when you look at that, that's really, you know, positive, positive you know trend for us. We're hoping that could continue. The other two I was going to ask you about, transitioning the usa me and dwayne oh, were I talking about John, ryan johnson and um who's the other one samuelson i've been really impressed with johnson and i think for me it, it, and nothing against samuelson but for me it's we're seeing the trend of defensemen that are are taking over to taking the league by storm the Cal cars the quinn hughes i'll even throw dalin and, and heiskanen in there Um, And Ryan Johnson, his skating is elite. I think we're seeing him take a step forward with his offensive play. Uh, A great, uh, great job jumping on the offensive zone win for his only goal of the tournament and a well-placed shot against the good Sweden goalie. I haven't seen a ton of Samuelson. I know he's running the second power play. What are your thoughts there for the Sabres? Can either of these guys make a a big jump forward? I know they're both college guys, uh, but, you know, what can we expect from them? You know, not only finishing out the tournament, but going forward into their their pro and college career.
3: Yeah, well, I think for Johnson in particular, you know, he's he's kind of established himself uh, more as the tournament has gone on. I think the, the biggest thing that stands out to me from what I've watched from him over the last couple of years and into this year with Team USA is that he is uh, he is essentially, um, uh, you know, has more in his offensive toolkit than he had before. I think one of the biggest concerns I had in his draft year, and I didn't think he was a first round caliber prospect when the Sabres took him. Um, but I think that he's he's growing into one now. Um, but but he did not have a lot in in. When he had the puck on his stick, there wasn't a lot of different things he could do with it. He was probably going to pass it, and he probably was going to pass it as fast as he could. No, it wasn't. It wasn't like I'm going to hold on to it, make a play. He could escape his own zone pretty well, but once he got out of there, he wanted to get rid of the puck. and And I thought that that contributed to a lot of mistakes and just things that you know he didn't have as much in his toolkit in this tournament. We're seeing him make plays, extending plays with his feet, extending plays with the you know protecting the puck with his body using deception to create space. And those are the things that I did not see from him in his draft year. Started to see a little bit more last year, but I didn't even think he had a great freshman season. It, you know, I thought that at times Jackson Lacomb, who's not played very much for the U.S., outplayed him in games as, as a freshman last year, especially yeah, as teams I ended up seeing a lot. Yeah, exactly. So now he's but now we're seeing he is making more plays in the offensive zone. He's making more plays in the neutral zone and he still has that elite skating ability. Smart defensive play. He can play physical. He kind of plays whatever way you need him to. I thought now when he's been good. And then um, I think you're referring to Matias Samuelson, who was on last year's team, um, and the second one for the Sabres prospects. But he, he, you know, I think he's He's gonna. He's got to take a step this year. I think this is. You know, it's gonna be his first he's year pro. So he's gonna have to take a. Yeah, he's gonna have to take a step. I thought that. You know, last year at the World Juniors, he was only okay. And then, you know, I thought over the course of the season, he got. He was good at Western Michigan, but now he's gonna be challenged at the professional game up. I, I. But I am. He is so smart, so strong, so physical. I think he can make all those plays, and I think that he's going to uh, be able to find a way in the Sabres organization to eventually make the NHL roster. I don't think he's going to be a high, you know, I don't, don't know if he's going to be a top four defenseman. I thought he was a first round caliber guy in his draft year. I thought it was a steal to get him in the second round last year. I thought it took a little bit of a step back. I'm looking forward to see what he does going forward, but he's, he's an exciting guy for me.
1: Yeah. Going go, and going back to both Paterka and Johnson too. I remember uh, you know, the Sabres did their whole little embedded uh, video series here. And one of the things that Kevin Adams said was, a he was extremely surprised CJJ Paterka still available in the second round um and I think I think we're seeing that right now as you know we're all questioning like how did this guy fall to the second round because he's just you know I don't want to you know out, you know really he's really polarizing on an underdog German team uh especially with you know the the, the obstacles they face to start this tournament with the covid cases And then you have Ryan Johnson, who is the final piece, you know, the the deciding piece, according to some media people here in Buffalo, of the Ryan O'Reilly trade, which, you know, I'm sorry, it's done, it's over with. Buffalo lost that trade overwhelmingly. (laughs) Yeah, There's no questioning that anymore. It was, and I've said this multiple times on this podcast, that that'll go down, in my opinion, as one of the worst trades in all of hockey history for the outcome that came of it. You know, the guy won the cup and the con Smythe the very next year. Meanwhile, we finished near dead to last in the NHL. If I think was, you know, we think we, we did finish dead last in the NHL the next season. <laughs> so there's no questioning that it's, it's one of the worst trades in all of in, in the history of the NHL. Um, so to see Ryan Johnson perform at this level and how well he is, how smart he's played as Cully said, how strong of a skater he is, uh, his decision-making, um, that shot of his, it's it, it, it's been very it really a, glim, a, a, a nice uh, uh I'm I am can not think of the right uh right word here but it's been really uh you know a real glimmer of hope as far as you know what we've gotten back in that trade because Tage Thompson you know you know a lot is left to be determined with him you right, know you're telling me you don't like Sabotka. Where is he? Where, where is the right man. now?
2: I don't even remember who
1: who was the other piece. Berglund. Berglund. He he packed. You know. Berklin. You know. He packed his shit and left. And you you know he you didn't want you didn't want to you didn't want to play for Buffalo anymore. It's almost as bad as the Bills player
2: that left last year at halftime.
1: Van, uh, was it Vonte Davis? Was Avante Davis? Yeah, he, yeah. he just, just, just did. He just dipped. He just dipped at halftime. I was like yeah, I'm out. <laughs> I'm yeah, good. That's for it. me. he's like I'm yeah. good. You know, speaking of which they're smoking the Dolphins right now. Oh, uh, you know
2: what? I we're recording this during the Bills game and I haven't seen it at all. Real quick, Chris, are you uh who's your NFL
3: team? Uh Chicago Bears. So I've had uh, a, a rough. They have an yeah. important day today too, right? They have it they have a chance. They have a chance. So yeah, but I grew up in Chicago and a lifelong Bears fan and Long-suffering Bears fan. They haven't won a Super Bowl since I was one year old. So at least you won
1: a Super Bowl, man. We trust (laughs) me. As far as agony of fans go, we
3: know. You know this.
1: this, We don't even know how to react and how to feel right now as Bills fans because it's like we're not used to this. Like. It's been two decades. Well, our parents are
2: used to getting this far and then losing four times in a row. Our That's generation right. hasn't seen any success. And, and we <laughs> talked last episode, Chris, that the Pagoulas got it so right with their hires for the Bills, with McDermott and Bean, and they've done a great job. It, where they've dropped the ball is their hires with the Sabres. Um, I got, I was fortunate enough to form a relationship with Kevin Adams. He, um, he was the development coach. Uh, when I was, you know, I, I started skating with Felino, Cassian, Corey Trop, um, and uh Luke Adam um at leisure rates here in the in the summer of my my third year. And the only reason was is because Cassian was, you know, recommended because I'm a Buffalo guy. And Kevin Adams played an instrumental role in getting me to development camp, which was the highlight of my my career. Right. And I didn't sign or anything, but that's my hometown team. And I always liked him as a good guy. I never thought that he jumped to this level this quickly, but um, you know, we, we gave him a hard time, Dwayne and I right away, but like Dwayne
1: alluded to he's it, done it, good it's things. not that I gave him a hard time, Cully. It's just like, two years previous as he was coaching the academy of hockey and then we see well, all I think these players we forgot he has his kid was there right Well, yeah yeah but everything else and i'm nothing against kevin Ans but like it, it, as a fan and as a, crit, a fan as critical as i have been especially since last january um to see them just jump the gun and it, it was such a kind of like a questionable hire at first it's like well what qualifies him to be a nhl he's never been an assistant gm at the professional level the semi-professional level the you know at any level he's, never, he's never been there you know why are why after everything you as an ownership group have done why am i expected to believe in this hire when you've gone through tim murray you've gone through jason botterill before that darcy gear i know he was a you know, you know yeah he's a, a
2: layover no a layover. i get it
1: and then all the coaches, why am I expected to believe that Kevin Adams is going to do a better job than all these guys? And the first initial reaction is like, well, he's going to be a yes man. He, whatever ownership wants, he's going to say yes because he's humbled, to, he's humbled to even be in this position to begin with. Now, now at looking at it all, the, the body of work so far, there are things to criticize, but there's more things to be positive about than there are to criticize. And that's what I wanted to ask Chris about the moves
2: that he's made. I know we touched on some of the prospects that he's hoping to develop uh, between Stahl coming in and um, obviously the Taylor Hall signing. Um, you know, where do you see what do you like from the Sabres team? Obviously, the divisional format this year. And I wanted to touch on that, Dwayne, if that's okay. That's uh, we were, me and Dwayne were talking about it. You have a really good Philly team, right? Um, I guess part one of the question I'll, I'll, I'll ask first with, uh, what have you thought about Kevin Adams move so far with this Sabres lineup?
3: You know, I, I think that they've been fine. It's, you know, obviously landing Taylor Hall and, and getting an opportunity to, to, you know, give a, give Jack Eichel a running mate to, to really, you know, at his caliber, I, I think is important. And, uh, so I'm excited to see what that turns out like. You know, I think it, it'll be interesting to see what Eric Stahl has left in the tank. And and certainly, you know, a new opportunity for him uh, very well could be energizing, you know, and the opportunity to play with Jeff Skinner again. And, and you know, I know they didn't play together much when they were with Carolina, but yeah, it sounds but to like it us an it, actual
2: second line. Right. Yeah.
3: You know, it could. Yeah. And and, and so that's that's fair. You know, I thought that, uh, you know, that uh, I, obviously I was always interested in the draft. I thought, you know, I the, the Jack Quinn pick was not, you know, n- not the one that I would have made in that particular position, but it wasn't far away from like I didn't think it was like a huge reach where it was like, oh my gosh, what are they doing? Um, you know, I had, I did have like Marco Rossi and, and Alexander Holtz ahead of him. Um, you know, but then that's just the kind of the way that the draft, the draft goes. And you, you you kind of go with uh um, you know, what what you like and what you think is right. And and then obviously you have a second round pick as good as JJ Paterka. And that's just kind of luck because nobody else picked him in there as you mentioned, you know, they they were shocked that he was there. And I, I was I wasn't shocked, but I also was, you know, I, I thought that that was just a great way to start off the second round for them. Yeah. Um, and a very interesting player that 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 has what they need. I think you've got two guys that have goal scoring ability that, you know, you can never have enough of that. and I think Jack Quinn is has great potential uh, to be a high end scorer. And, you know, you can't find too many guys that score 52 goals in their draft year at the OHL level. So I think well you can when you've got
2: goalies like me in that division.
3: <laughs> so that, that no but that I mean, is you, actually true. But, who yeah, well but, said, and and I wanted to kind of piggyback <laughs> off your answer. I back, yeah. Oh
2: know, hey, but it's all good. Uh, when, I get Cali, I love it. when I played in Kingston Tofoli was up there and Monaghan and they abused me as well. Uh but my question <laughs> kind of piggybacking off of that um sure. is is who would you have you, you mentioned the two uh, and I know it's still early, right? um with with their careers and we're starting to see some of them at world juniors you mentioned that jack quinn obviously has the potential i know dwayne interviewed uh, his coach andre tourney um but you know he, he he gave a glowing review i personally was leaning towards uh, a Profetti if he was there but um you you obviously was well you know what chris you obviously had you know insight and, and did a lot of research on this um do you project Rossi and Holtz, you know, from what you've seen so far with them starting their seasons overseas in the World Juniors? You know, do you think that they're – sorry, why would you have picked those two over? Or- well, I mean, Holtz,
3: Holtz wasn't available because that was the pick right before, but those were the guys that okay, I had that's just right. Like right ahead of um, Quinn. Uh, the guy that I would have picked was Cole Perfetti, um, and I think Cole Perfetti is um, highly an intelligent. He was number four on my board uh or number five on my board. I I almost She's, put him ahead of I Lucas saw. Raymond. So he he has he has tremendous vision. He has uh you know excellent hands, insane release on his shot. I mean I, I want him really? to shoot more. I want him to shoot more. Um Gotta get but, more
2: selfish in, in the
3: in this yeah sense. yeah but he's a highly intelligent player and I think that he's the kind of guy he's such a sh- shot pass threat. And you know he can play down the middle but I think he's much you know probably will end up being a wing
2: So we're Um, seeing him play wing for Canada right now. I thought that was interesting.
3: Right. Yeah. And I think that he's, I think that he's more like that. That would have been the pick that I personally would have made just based on best available, but that was on my board, you know? So uh, I think the teams got a little bit concerned about Perfetti's uh, skating ability, um, you know, where, where he wasn't exactly explosive and that combined with not being the biggest guy is a bit of a concern, but I think that of any player in that draft, any player, in that draft, I thought that he has the highest, the best hockey sense thinks the game at the highest level, especially offensively, um, doesn't have the physical tools of Byfield or Raymond, you know, and, and, and uh, Stutzla, but he was in that, for me, he was in that mix of player with Raymond and Stutzla as, as a guy that could even sneak into the top three. Now, um, and I think we've seen him play at a, at a super high level Um, at the, you know, at the world juniors, but in junior hockey as well, Um, that would have been the pick for me. But again, like Quinn was, I think, I think I had Quinn just uh, on my board. I'm trying to think, I'm pretty sure he was 11th or 12th on my board. Um, So I, I, you know, another guy that I was looking there, Anton Lundell was another guy that I had ahead of. So the guys that I did have ahead of him were Rossi, Lundell, uh, Eskarov that ended up going. Yeah, and I think
2: it's that tricky tricky spot between. I know it's different each draft, but I want to say from like six to twenty, right, where a lot of teams' boards differ, and, and there's that second tier of elite prospects, right, and and we've seen in years past certain picks like Pasternak really turn out in that meat of the first round, right? I know that's just right. one to mention. Uh, but you've also seen a lot of misses, and one that comes to mind for Sabres fans is Alex Nylander. And, and it uh, hurts it hurts uh, us, right? So I think it's it's important to be able to hit on those picks. You want to have you want to trust Kevin Adams there. Um but kind of segueing away from the draft and Dwayne, me and you talked about this the other night. Um with the division set up the way they are right and and you seeing that Buffalo needs to finish in the top four there. Um, is, is it possible? Um, what are they going to have to get through the way? I look at it. You have Philly. I think they're an automatic playoff team, but besides them, we had a tough time. I think New York's got to be there too. Right.
3: Mm-hmm. Who would you I, have Chris? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think it's going to be, I think it's gonna be tough. I mean, you know, I, I think it's just looking at, I got to pull up the, I got to pull up the, uh, the, the conferences now. Cause it's like, I've been full on world junior mode that I'm not even thinking about uh,
2: <laughs> the know, conferences the as they way. are. Yeah. The but, so we yeah. have the um, Boston, Buffalo, New Jersey, New York Islanders, New York Rangers, Philly, Pittsburgh, Washington. Like you got some good teams in there. Yeah, you do. Um, yeah. I want to ask you this, me and Dwayne talked about it. And Dwayne brought up the point that Boston with Marchand, who is it? Marchand in part, no, Bergeron and Pasternak no. are out. Oh, to no, start it's
1: the, Pasternak's hurt. Correct. Sorry, Pasternak and
2: Bergeron are out to yeah. start
1: the yeah. year. You yeah, lose, well, Marshawn's on the ice with them now. He is on the ice. Oh, okay. yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure to what capacity, but uh, I did read that he it has joined the team on the ice. And then you just lost Chara, who I understand oh, he's lost. I understand he's lost a step, but but down below the dots in your own end, there aren't many defensemen that are better than Zedonia Charo, especially with that wingspan of his and the ability to work with a stick, like that that's going to hurt them, you know, especially when you slow the play down in your own end and you're, you're, you're pinned. Like you want a guy like Chara, you know, below the dots in front of your own net.
2: Well, you lose your top two left, left side D man, right? Like you got to hope that who does bought did you know, off the top of your head, who Boston has in, in their, in their system, who are they projecting to step in?
3: Uh, well, I think Jeremy Lozon is in there uh, and he played quite a bit last season. And then I'm trying to think of uh, who else they have on the left side. Cause I think they're, I think, you know, they'll, Grizzlick will be top, mm-hmm. probably the he's top carrying kind of guy. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's, he's going to play a, a substantial role ahead of where he was a year ago. And then you've got Lozon, on who you kind of have to hope is there. And I'm just going to pull up, I'm trying, I'm losing the, uh, the, uh, just trying to think of who that, who no, they'll have, put but, you on the spot. but yeah, no, no. Cause I mean, Krug. but that's, but that's the issue is that you can't come up with it off the top of your head for one. Oh yeah. John, they have John Moore. Okay. Like, like that's, there's a significant gap in what they had last year defensively than what they're going to have now. You know, I think you're going to get a lot of minutes from McAvoy. Obviously you're going to have to play Carlo a ton. I think Connor Clifton is a good player. Who you know, but those guys are all on your right side. You know, I think Grizzlick is a very good player, and and you know, but can he handle the bigger minutes? Can he handle more situations? Do In the content schedule you know?
0: too. Yeah, exactly. That. So That's- I
3: think that, I think the Bruins are certainly like you know, but I think still up front, when they're when they're at full strength, because Pasternak's not going to be out for the whole year, and you know Bergeron, he, he's always kind of had some more recently some injuries. They have Andre Kasha, who we would expect to see improvement after an injury like season. Craig Smith, I thought was a fantastic yeah. sign. Underrated, the underrated they play. Up. Yeah. So I mean, like the Bruins have the Bruins still have enough to make the playoffs. I think, you know, you wonder who between the the Islanders and the Rangers. I don't know if both make it. I think the Rangers probably have a better shot. Um, you know, you have a full year of of uh uh, of Panarin. And, and then you got, you know, a- Adam Fox is a, a year more experienced. Roll and, off know, he, yeah. Yeah. You have Lafreniere. You figure Kako will be better because he couldn't really be a whole lot, you know, and I, I don't want to criticize him because he was so young. It, you know, I mean, coming over, not everybody can come over and dominate right away. And we saw that with the Jack Hughes. To the small ice too, right? Like that's a, yeah, exactly. it's a huge. adjustment.
2: Um, what huge I wanted adjustment. to ask you though, is, is for the Sabres, you know, looking at who they're competing against and that, you know, you got to think that they're going to be in that second tier, but fighting for that fourth spot. When I look at the Islanders though, they're so well coached. Um, can they get, can they get the same performance? They've had good goaltending the past two years with Leonard and Varlamov. Right. And I think a defensive team like that, you need goaltending yeah. in games. My big thing here is, is teams like that with the condensed schedule that they like to ride that one goalie. And I know that they had Grease there Rice there in years past. I don't know who was the second guy, but with teams like that, in in, in this condensed schedule, that's why I thought the Jake Allen pickup in Montreal was significant. And, and I know they're not in the Sabres division this year, but I think that makes a lot of sense when you're looking at, hey, how can we keep Carey Price fresh? Montreal struggled whenever their second goalies played, all right? Yep. And, and that makes yep. a lot of sense to me. Um, but I think the Sabres, I guess my big question to Dwayne and you is, who are we going to be competing with for that spot? Because you like to think that Philly's going to be in the in the in the mix. I know you cover New Jersey a little bit here, right? So, um, and then you throw Pittsburgh and Washington in the mix. Like that's tough.
3: I'm not. I, I'm I'm not very high on Pittsburgh to be honest with you. I'm not either. And you know that, but I, but still, it's hard to bet against them, in, especially in a shortened season. You know, if they, I mean, if they keep everybody healthy, and and just to get back to the Islanders real quick, the the second goalie for them. Is a bit of an unknown in terms of how he's going to translate, but it's Ilya Sorokin who played in the KHL last year. He's never had a save percentage below 930. I think in like the last six years, not a big um, in, in the KHL. And you wonder how the transition goes. How what's the split between him and Varlamov? Like how how much is that going to actually be a thing? Um, and and so yeah, but I think that they're, I think that's one of the teams that they're competing with. I don't think Jersey has the 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 the, the horses yet you know, they're, they're going to be a little Let's bit better, I think this away. year. Yeah. So, you know, I think, I think that, 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 you know, you're looking at, you're competing with the Rangers, you're competing with the Islanders, the capitals are, are, are interesting. Like, what are they going to look like? Ilya Samsonov first year as the starter there, he's a great, goalie. He's, I think a great goalie. goalie. he's a great goalie. prospect. And it's just a matter of, you know, now he's got to be the he's number ready. one right away. And then you you just kind of look at all these other different things that, that, that you have, but they're a little bit older, a little bit slower. Um, and, and that's like one Donald of the things Hagin that I think is a concern. Him. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean like, you know, they're, they, they were looking, you know, they added Chara, you know, they, there's, you know, there, there's just not, I'm not, I'm not hundred percent sold on them, but you can't count them out because you know, Ovi will probably score like 30 something in this short <laughs> right, season. And they're
2: Two years away from winning and they got John yeah. Carlson back there. Who's an absolute horse.
3: It, exactly. Huh? So, um, I mean, it is, it is a tough hill to climb, tough hill to climb. Before,
1: before I get into my, my next question, just want to announce here on two goalies, one, Mike, that Josh Allen just has broken the franchise record for most passing yards in a single season (laughs) (laughs) previously held by drew blood. So there's a name for you. Love to hear it. I know you
2: got, I know we got to wrap it up here, Chris, but Dwayne, I know you had a couple.
1: Yeah, uh, just, just, you know, I know we just get, you'll kind of try to break down this division, but, you know, realistically, where do you think Buffalo stacks up in this? Because I personally, I've been, I I personally would like to see some more stability on the blue line. Um, I know I was always big on Travis Hamanick trying to, you know, bringing in a guy like him who's really stay at home you know very a very good stay at home defenseman obviously he only wanted to play in western canada uh you know so because of fit for family reasons so that was out of the question sammy voten i believe is still out there uh just a yeah, piece i mean i know we you know for as far as cap space goes um it's very difficult to fill, fit, fit a guy like that underneath your cap but in a season where you have Hall for one season as of right now, I know he's talked that he, you know, he likes what he's seen so far in Buffalo and, you know, he, he makes it sound like he would want to stay here long-term, but then you have Stahl for one year. Right now you only have Sam Reinhardt for one year uh, for, for, for the uh, RFA deal you signed him to where like, you know, my opinion of it is why not just put, push all your chips in the middle of the table in a season where contracts are coming dirt cheap. You already have these guys on one-year deals. Why not just go for it all this year and really make a make a run at this? Um, but even without making a move like that, you know, where do you see this team stacked up in this division? Because I really think they do have a legitimate shot to fit, finish in that third or fourth spot, uh, offensively at least, because they did add a ton of depth to their bottom six with that Cody Eakin, Tobias Reader signings. You know, you hope that Tage Thompson has, you know, can, can carry over for what he was doing uh, in the AHL before he got hurt on, uh, he was performing well. I think one of the odd guys out in this, in this lineup personally is Casey Middlestat. The guy came in three pounds lighter than what he yeah. did last season, which is baffling to me when you see a kid like who's a year, uh, a year, uh, less, uh, pro and Rasta Stalin come in 16 pounds, heavier muscle, he and looks he like had, Drago. Yeah, Ivan Drago. I know, I'm know. i sure everybody saw that picture of him playing freaking ping pong no. in the backyard, but the guy looks like Dra- Ivan Drago. And, you know, he's going to be an absolute beast. He's going to log at least, I'd say, five to six more minutes on our blue line this season. You know, and you have Casey Middleset like, who needs to get bigger. He's coming in lighter, and everybody knows muscle's more dense than fat. So, I mean, y- you could trim all the fat he may have had before, but you need to come in heavier, and I think he might be one of the odd guys out but which I'm fine with because if he's going to be a depth guy, then that's fine. You know, I, I just think this bottom six has gotten a lot better. Um, The top six is dramatically better, especially now in practice right now, Sam Reinhart's been put down on the second line and you have Hall, I believe with Olufsen. I think it's Olufsen up on the top line, which I mean, you can't deny that release with Olufsen shot. In, in these, in these lineups that you're referring to is without, Eichel there, Without Eichel. I mean, yeah, Eichel. Eichel was hurt, but like at the same time, that shouldn't change who's on his wings on that first line.
3: You know, right? I, I think, yeah. Like, where, where do you think the Sabers set? I think, I think they, I think they have an outside shot at fourth. You know, I think that, that the thing that I that concerns me is, you know, will the goaltending hold up? Yeah. Is it good enough? Uh, what is, you know, the scoring depth? I think is okay. Like, I think that really the guy that interests me most in terms of who will be stepping up. Is Dylan Cousins? I mean, oh, he's yeah. got to be. On, he's got to be on the roster. He's got to be on the roster, and then you've got Archie Roots Alina, who's been amazing in the finish league. Well, big, big fan of and start. Real. Big Not fan. So, so, so,
1: Linen. Linen.
3: Yeah. So, so you've got him, and you, so you've got things there. And that, and the other thing is, you know, you kind of mentioned some of the D that you could go out and get. I think you're going to see a better Rasmus Dahlin this year. I think you're going to be a, a better Henry Okihiro this year. Yeah. I think, and those and those are guys that you want to have, that are you want them playing a lot. You want to play them in, in in crucial minutes. And you, as much as you want to go in right now, as much as you want, you, like you're there and you have Taylor Hall. He's gonna. He's not. A, he's a very smart hockey player. He is gonna know that. Hey, if I sign here and we've got Darlene is, is popping off. We've got Yoko You can be a top four guy. We've got, you know, all these other, you know, we've got Dylan cousins is here. We've got our, you know, you secondary items, story so now. you have those kinds of things. So it doesn't, you know, I think if the, if, if the Sabres don't make the playoffs this year, I don't think it's make or break in terms of, of, of adding Taylor Hall. It's just, you know, what, what is going to make Easy sense long term for this organization? You know, what is going to make sense to, With with kind of some of the other salary situations that you have on the roster right now, obviously the Skinner deal and all those other things that makes it challenging with the flat cap. But I think there are things that that can happen. So I think they're going to challenge. I think they're better than they were a year ago, much better than they were a year ago. I think Dylan Cousins is going to come in hot and I think he'll make a make an impact on the roster right away. I don't know if it's going to be like a Calder caliber season, but I think it's going to be a very important season for him. I, um, how would yeah. you not
1: brought up Dylan Cousins even before this? <laughs> I mean, yeah, well, yeah. he's
3: absolutely taking yeah, over that tournament. Like, what, like yeah. we must have a
1: massive brave fire. That guy has absolutely torn apart this entire tournament, you know, taking in my opinion, is the MVP, even with Zayn yeah. playing with the way he is. I think um, it depends on how
2: they finish, Dwayne. But one thing that's really impressed me, you and I talked about I never realized his separation speed. We've seen him score maybe two breakaways now where in the neutral zone, it's an even foot race and you've seen him pull on. away. Um, and granted playing in the Western league, I didn't get to see him a lot, but Chris, you made this point too. I think the one thing the Sabres have been so easy to match up against in years past because of our depth or our lack of depth. And yeah. I think when you when you talk about the different moves, even whether it be like Rooster de stepping in and having a good year, you throw Cousins in the mix. Now you're not relying on guys like Middlestat or um, Gergensens to play bigger roles, and, and or Tage Thompson to step up. So I think that that's what is, makes it should be make us more scary to teams. And I just kind of want to know your opinion. Can that that bump in secondary scoring make up for our lack of goaltending stability? Because we've seen, especially last year's back-to-back nights, the Sabres goaltenders were both sub 900 save percentage.
3: Yeah, I think I think it, it helps a lot. I mean, you know, just being like you mentioned, just being a tougher matchup. And that, I think that's big a big reason to go out and get an Eric Stahl too, you know, and just say, Hey, we've got we've got a guy that's gonna gonna make you work you know make the other team work it's somebody that they have to pay attention to and then i you know you hope that cousins takes a step and he's like he's the same way and if he's playing on the wing or he's playing center or whatever it doesn't matter you've got a guy that's going to going to make an impact and you know it's just a matter of you got to make sure victor olson stays consistent you got to make sure that jack eichel is getting the help that he needs and then you know those are things that that all matter um i think jack eichel is a top 10 player in the league right now i think that I'm he's not. one of the absolute best um he's he is uh he's is, he's is, outstanding for me. Um, and I think that he's only going to get better. And I think Taylor Hall is going to make him better. I think that just having somebody that's been to the top of the mountain as a heart trophy winner, somebody that's been, you know, a, a number one draft pick, you know, got, he understand they'll, they will speak the same language. I think that somebody that's, that's lit, one
2: of lit up Cully multiple times. Yeah. Taylor Hall. <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah, exactly. So, no, so it's, you've got,
2: you mentioned the heart can, can, can Halsey help Eichel, get over, get to that
3: level. And I think you answered it. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I think he can. I mean, I thought that Jack was close to that level last year at times. Uh,
1: Suffered that core injury. Yeah. He was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So,
3: and it's just keep him healthy. And, you know, I mean, yeah, you're going to suffer a core injury when you're trying to put a team on your back all the time. So you got to just try and uh, try and make it better, but he's, he is uh, he's exceptional. And I think that when you have a guy like that, he's going to drag everybody up. Yeah. Um, with them, he's saying come on and and but you have to have the talent to do that right you have to have the guys and they haven't had that now they do so I think that I I've never been more optimistic about the Sabres you know in the last decade I would say <laughs> but and, and that's a good that's a good thing. Hey, we'll it's just take a matter it. of yeah you know you, you take it from yeah because I mean what what else have you had to hold on to right so Nothing. you know yeah you know so I'm excited to see where they go. Um, there's a lot of wait and see guys. Uh, you know Thompson, Middlestat, Cousins, all those guys, what are they going to be this year? You might even be a little bit better than you expect if any of those guys or three of those guys are all of a sudden a much better player, and it can contribute at the NHL level.
2: With well, them fighting for the roster spots, we haven't had the competition it with new no players. We haven't. Our, our our depth has been so bad where the, the, our bottom six, they know they're going to be in the lineup because the replacements aren't any good. And I think you bring up a great point. A guy like Rustelainen, having the success he has early this season, I think he puts certain guys on their heels and, and the best teams I ever played on Chris were the teams that had internal competition where your job wasn't safe because we're constantly getting pushed to be better. And I think the Sabres haven't had that. It's, it's going to be exciting to see.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so important. And yeah, and it, that way and that's helps you start the season on time. Obviously the Sabres have had good starts but now they're going to have have experience. some of these guys are going to have experienced some of the adversity in camp of the, of of the uncertainty of where that where what their role is where they're going to play who they get beat out and uh that only helps it just get, makes you more competitive right from the outset and I, I i hope you know like i think it's important for the sabers to be good it's important for the sabers to be a good team in this league and to you know i've been to buffalo so many times over the last couple of years uh for 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 world juniors and combines and all this other stuff and in frozen four and it's like this this city deserves a team (laughs) that can actually compete here. So uh, my hope for you guys is that it happens because, Yeah, uh, yeah.
1: it, it, it's insane too. Like you, you, look at how passionate these this fan base is between both the Sabers and the Bills, and it's they unreal. Yeah, on, honest to God, man, just wait till one of these two teams wins a championship because I think somebody's gonna be sacrificed in downtown Buffalo. Well, sure like, enough, it'll happen that, during the. Somebody's pandemic. gonna get seriously hurt because, like, I remember, I remember when we were finally we, we were it was our first primetime Monday night game uh for the Bills, and like. Like a decade, we we're playing the Cowboys, and like a restaurant down in Orchard Park got burned to the ground <laughs> just, because they, just because they were winning, just because they were winning the game. They didn't even win the game, but they were winning. They were beating the the, the Amer- America's team, the Cowboys. Bar, the bar oh was gosh. low back then. Yeah, it, it was. Yeah, you know. And we, like, I can't even imagine just how this city is going to lose its collective minds if one of these teams can bring home a championship. You know, whether it's in yeah. downtown Buffalo or in Orchard Park. It's going to be absolutely insane, um, and just like just piggybacking off just the improvement of the team, I would say even just puck the just the overall puck possession that we're gonna it was atrocious last season. Just we're gonna possess the puck more often than not. I hope at least I hope this season, um, and just. You, you know, um, that's in itself is going to improve your goaltending because when you're pinned in your own end so often, five on five, yeah, your goaltending is going to suffer. But, you know, Linus Olmark last season, and I thought for for, for me at least, I know Colley's not a big Olmark guy, I mm-hmm. thought Kull, Olmark took massive strides compared to the, the year previous and trying to prove his worth in this league and to be a number one, at least a 1A. But is um,
2: does he have that ceiling? What's his ceiling? I think he's a good 1B. I just don't think – I'm not disagreeing. I hope I'm wrong, guys. I think, he's, a, I think he's
1: good enough to win. I definitely think he's good enough to win.
2: Chris, what are your thoughts?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think I I think I think lean more towards he's, he's a good 1B. I, I still don't think this team has a number one goalie. Um, I'm not I will say – but, Dwayne, I will say that I do think that he's good enough to, to get you where you need to go. I mean, we've seen teams win with – With lots with, 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 yeah, with less, for sure. For sure. Like, you know, I mean, and there have been, there have been goalies that, you know, kind of go in, in ebbs and flows. I think. Well, Niemi
2: know, won a Stanley cup guys. Exactly.
3: You know. Exactly. I mean, like, and there's, yeah, there's, there's a lot, you know, I mean, you see Anton Hudobin carry a team to a, to a Stanley cup final. I mean, well, like I it just. Was Crawford. Yeah, Crawford. Yeah, Crawford you hope was for never it.
1: Never spectacular, but he's got two cups and before him, Anti Niemi. Well,
3: you yeah, mean, so, what do
1: those teams all have in common, guys? They all had depth, and,
2: yeah. and they all
1: got – their best players were their best players. That's I'll why tell, I've yeah. always been in favor. You don't pay goalies – and this is a goalie podcast. You don't pay goalies the insane amount of money. You don't pay Carey Price $10 million a year. You don't pay Bob $10 million a year. You know why? Because net handcuffs you so much more for paying the pieces that you need to win. Yeah, they can yeah. keep bucks out of that all you want, but if you can't score, then what the hell's the point of paying the guy?
2: Amen,
3: and I will say the one the one area that I think is most important for the Sabers, and you mentioned the puck possession. It's it's Brandon Montour, Rasmus Ristolainen,
0: uh-huh.
3: Rasmus Dalin, Henry Oki, how are you? Fine. Those are the guys that you have. That like can you can you move the puck? Can you get it up to these talented forwards? Can you get pucks out of the zone? Can you make that is going to be the real question that has to be answered pretty early on in the season. Can you guys move the puck enough to this talented forward group? Because clearly that's that's going to be the question that needs to be answered. I think they have enough talent. I do. I think they have a group that can do that. It's doing it consistently. It's not getting overwhelmed by the teams that they're playing against. And, and it's and it's having the confidence in the group ahead of them to just dish off the puck and not have to try to do too much. So uh, I think that that's, this forward group should give them more confidence to move pucks up ice and that things are good. Things are going to happen. So um we'll see where that goes, but I think that's one of the, the remaining I, questions for the Sabres.
1: And I, for, for me too, with wrist Line and with respect to him, it, it, you know, I think he is going to have a better year just because Dalene's going to demand so many more minutes now, especially, you know, him coming in looking the way he is. I, you know, that that's a difference between him and Casey Middlestad. Darlene, Casey Middlestad, I, I, my opinion off the ice, isn't putting the work in. He needs to put in Dallin, Let's hope you're wrong.
2: Let's hope you're wrong. I hope
1: I am wrong. I hope I am wrong. I, I'll never root against uh, one of our, one of our guys. Like I was, I was dead wrong when the bills drafted Josh Allen. I was happy to admit that I was dead wrong along with a lot of other people here in Buffalo but with Casey it just doesn't seem like he's willing to put in the same work that other guys like Rasmus Dahling were willing to put in. Even Linen, you see his workout stuff on, on on social media, the guy grinds in the off season. For him, for me, with Rostolainen it's just up here where he lacks. The decision making, you know, not making the smart and easy play up the boards, high up the boards, rather I'm going to try and carry the puck out of the end because I think I am a flashy finished defenseman and you know, get knocked off the puck or, you know, get my pocket picked British, that, for me. One that's one. where, we're at. but now he's playing, going to be playing less minutes because Dalian's going to demand more minutes. I think that's just going to help his game. I think it depends on who's around you too.
2: I think that Dalian, like you said, probably tried to do too much on a bad team right? Like the center for a while. I'd like like to say low and slow, but the center's got to be in a good spot in today's game. You don't necessarily want to go glassing out, but I mean, you gotta be, you gotta have players around you to be good. And I hope that everybody takes that next step. I know we've kept you a little bit longer than we promised, Chris. Um, I, Dwayne, I had one last question before we wrapped up, if that's okay. I know that you wanted to ask him about the beach pro um,
1: comments on that. Yeah.
2: Um really yeah, quick. Sure. Um, well, first off, just looking at your your, your hockey db. Um, former coach Iowa State hockey, a couple of clips for Iowa State Hockey. Um, here we go. <laughs> um, but back into the world juniors, just uh what is your outlook? We got the semifinals. Um, tomorrow, obviously, we're we're, we're recording this on Sunday. It'll be dropping on Monday, the day of the semifinals in, in the morning. Um, what are your thoughts? You got USA, Finland, and then Canada, Russia, some great matchups. Finland obviously ended USA's tournament last year, I believe early um, yep. and kind of been a thorn in the sides. And Hey, listen, go back to Rasmus Ristolainen's goal against to, to, win the world juniors. Right. And I remember being, this is the fucking guy turns out he has <laughs> terrible boots. He can't transition and that's the biggest goal of his life. No, but Finland for being the small country it is, They've had a lot of success and, and they have just as many world junior goals, I think, as Canada in the past six years, seven years. Yeah. I forget what the number is, but, hey, like, yep. can't overlook them. Happy to see um, certain guys on USA get, get going. Zegras is a stud. Um, can, I think it's going to come down to me. Can Spencer Knight be the guy? I've liked Dustin Wolf. I know we've been limited in seeing him, but uh, what is your thoughts, your predictions, and your outlook here for the rest of the world juniors?
3: Yeah, well, I think we got two great semis. I mean, obviously Finland and you, they're, they're they're the top two teams in each group. I think that that's you know that's clear. Uh, I think Canada's gonna have their hands full with Russia. I don't think they're gonna lose. I think they're gonna win. You know, I think that they have way too much depth and talent and speed. The issue is is that uh, Russia has really good physicality. They they play they play a very tight game. Um, they're good defensively. They I, I don't know if they have the counter punch ability of uh, like, you know, the U.S. has the counterpunch ability. Uh, they don't necessarily have as, as as sound defensive structure as as Russia does, but I think that's the collision course. So Canada, I, I think they'll beat Russia. The U.S., they're going to have their hands full with Finland. Last two years, that's the last game they lost. You know, they lost to Finland in the gold battle game two years ago. They lost in the quarterfinals last year. They've been tight games. I think the U.S. has the goaltending advantage. It probably will be Spencer Knight. Um, I think it, it, if they put either goalie in, they're going to have the goaltending advantage uh, unless they play Russia, where Askarov is the goaltending and the human well, goaltending, I want to advantage.
2: ask you: Can Askarov steal the game against Canada? Right? Like, He's done it before. I think, think Larry has done a really good job as a first-time World Junior coach. I think in years past, the Russian teams that haven't done well, they were all over the place, They're their emotional roller coaster, right? And I haven't noticed that as much in their game against the U.S. Right. They they played their game plan, they they got a few goals, they got to Spencer Knight early. And and then, hey, let's be honest, even though the USA pushed back, I mean, Askarov made the saves he needed to make, and we didn't have a ton of great chances, right? Like usually right. I'm used to the Russians giving up a ton on the back end, like coming back. But you're right, I, I think that's a great prediction. So you have USA. Not to be lightly against Finland, but hopefully a USA Canada final. And that that would be a treat, man.
3: Yeah, I think so. I think the US is just a little too fast for, for Finland. I think that's been a, a key difference for them. Um and then the goaltending advantage as well. So yeah, so I, I, I think it'll be a USA Canada um final. And I, I do, and I just to answer your question, Askarov absolutely has the potential to steal steal game. He's stolen games against the best US U seven, U18 team I've ever seen um at the world under 18s two years ago. He stole the Halenka uh, Gretzky cup from Canada uh, two years ago where they were outshot 35 to 13 and they won three to two. Um, so, I mean, this is a guy that has that ability. He's done it before. He's looked really solid and sharp in this tournament. He's given up a couple of wonky goals, but mostly he's been great. I
2: think that's um, a product of how he plays too. You're going to deal with that. For sure. The good is so good.
3: Yeah. The good is just, yeah, it's, it's at a level that I I frankly haven't seen at this level um, you know, I think there have been some some outstanding goalies, the World Juniors, but Askarov at his age is probably the best. Um, so, yeah, you know, uh, I, I think you know he USA. played his
1: way
2: into a first round pick. And like <laughs> you said, here's the interesting part for me before I kick it to Dwayne. You talked about his success at the U-17s and the U-18s and the Hoenka, right? But yeah, yeah. the last international tournament was the World Juniors, which was last year, which is his worst, worst tournament to date. And I think that that sticks in your mind no matter who you are. It's the mentally strong athletes, goaltenders that are able to start with that blank slate and just worry about that next save. Um, and, and like you said, he's a game changer, but will it be enough? Cause this candidate team is scary. And like Dwayne said, we might have an MVP case for Dylan cousins. Uh, I really appreciate the world junior talk uh, before, before Dwayne asks his last couple of questions, guys, be sure Thank to you. check Chris out on Twitter at Chris M Peters. Um, you know, he's, he's going to be, I really can't wait to see what's next for you, man, because you've done such a great job and, and, and your work is awesome. So check out his stuff on ESPN for right now and, and tune in to see what's next. Sorry, Dwayne, what do you got?
1: No, just, uh, obviously we touched on it pre-show, but I was really digging that article you dropped recently on beach hockey. Uh, it just really took me yeah, back get out, the folks. emotions flow because I used to love watching beach hockey and I was so angry when they, uh, when they uh you know the, the league folded with rightfully so you know, the points you made in your article, like they were playing like three three games a day, some of these teams yep. in like in extreme hot conditions and not to mention on a black surface, which wasn't making the uh, Wait, making they to, were they the
2: ones
0: with the were ramp? They yes, the ramp behind the nuts. Yeah, they had uh, the ramps. Yeah.
1: Hey, hold they on really bring quick. That back, but just do it better. Honest to hey. God. I I think it would succeed if you brought it back and, and you kind of like, I'm not saying like the XFL, but look how successful the XFL did during a pandemic, back. you know, you know, you know, obviously I hope with the rock buying them uh, that, that with him being an owner, he, he, he can continue the trend that was started because it was like almost a cult following with the XFL. I'm not saying the beach hockey could be the same thing, but like, if you, publicize it the right way and you market it the right way it could be successful in my opinion
2: dwayne yeah hey, look, dwayne, I, chris your yeah. your sentence at the end of your at the end of your lead says it all dwayne but for three seasons from 98 to 2000 pro beach hockey was very
3: real and it was glorious sorry I had to
0: that
3: <laughs> yeah it was it was glorious and you know what the the, the thing that i learned there's a lot of things I learned coming out of that, but I mean, obviously I was a, you know, a child of the nineties and, and, and eighties and nineties. And and so this league was like, when I was eighth grade going into high school is when it started. So it was like a huge deal to me. And so it was great to just to kind of learn the stories. You know, one of my favorite anecdotes from there is that, you know, the, the players would get ready under the stands no way. And, 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 and they were bleachers. And so they had, they were open on the bottom. So like they were getting like, sand was like raining down somebody spills a drink everything like so and and there weren't they didn't sell tickets that people just could walk up from the beach and go watch a hockey game yeah so and so but the thing is the business model was really 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 smart because they they had they played only on weekends they would just put it there and it was basically made for tv so basically they were like hey we have we have x amount of programming on espn2 That was great for for advertisers, so they had huge, you know, advertising banners on the on the surface, on the boards, all that stuff. And so they were able to to monetize it, so they made money. The players didn't make a lot, but they also they were put up in the hotels, they had their meals comped at the local canteens There, yeah, and and, and most of those guys were just trying to stay in shape. A lot of them played pro. Um, Such a cardio man! You got to have good lungs to play in that. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah, I mean, and you look at some of these some and literally some of the guys that they signed for that league, I'm not even joking. They they found playing on the beaches in California where they were just playing on the blacktop. And they're like, hey, you are pretty good. Ducky you want to come play in this league. And that I, happened. To
1: god. I if I if I kept playing street hockey and didn't like, you know, start I could have played beach hockey because I was stellar <laughs> in the nets in the streets <laughs> of Western New York. Nobody could put the ball by me. I don't give a shit who you were.
2: I, I was love stellar.
1: It. I love it. No, Chris, your, your article, guys, if you haven't, check it out.
2: It is awesome. Yeah, I it's love pinned you. to my when Twitter. You so. Like you said, <laughs> beach bums lining the bleachers, the Laker girls on the sideline. Like, yep. man, like, that is so cool. I still remember just seeing clips. I was like eight, nine years old at the time. And, and here you have these ramps at the end. And guys on the breakout, they just wheel up, get some speed, get going. Just really cool stuff. And, yeah. and you mentioned, that I didn't realize the, the tidbit about the bleachers. Hey, Jonesy, you're going out for one-up. You got popcorn on your jersey here bud yeah like, that's
3: awesome. <laughs> exactly so yeah, do I mean, you they,
2: know, does it go into why i didn't finish the article does it go into why like was it a money thing
3: what what what, what ended up happening so so basically like I, I mean the way it was explained to me is is essentially like you know it was it was program filling programming filler for espn2 that's kind of what it was sold as and um, I think basically what ended up happening is like, you know, the ratings were good, but not like great. And this is at a time where there were fewer cable channels. So there wasn't as much competition. So the threshold for success was so much higher than it is right now. Everybody wants programming. Everybody wants tonnage now. So it, it basically, essentially ESPN said we don't have the space for it anymore well, in our program. Like well, they do now. Yeah, so it, this it, run, run it run on right, the HL
1: network, right. instead of instead of running the same episode well, of the Tonight thing. so times in a
3: row, we'll run a beach yeah, hockey game. Who cares? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think that well, that's a great idea because I mean, you know, we're gonna have this three on three league that's supposed to be coming in like next year at some point. That's not it's ice hockey, but they're doing three on three. I've seen it. They've
2: done some tours. And, is it the same one that's done yeah
3: some- Yeah, I believe so. And so like they were recruiting that, some O H L guys for that, Chris. Yeah, yeah. If they were if it works. Like that could be an interesting kind of thing. I don't know if it will. I, they need to kind of get you know. There's a lot to be figured out there, but but I think that you know pro beach hockey can rise again. I do believe it. I believe. I'll start I'll start the, the, the petition. Yeah. Me and Chris. I've had Lisa so many here. emails like this. I will. Yeah, I think there's enough people out there that want it back, and you know like the players only made like a couple hundred bucks, or some some of the guys made a couple thousand bucks over the summer. You don't and even have
1: to be professional hockey players. Just find oh. some really good like
2: roller <laughs> hockey
3: players.
1: Hey. There's so many here in Buffalo that would do
2: it. You get Chucky Slick as the poster boy for the league. You get, you get. I'm sure guys will come from the woodworks. I'll be, I'll, I'll nominate or I'll volunteer my time as a coach. Well, oh, Barber, let's see what he does the fall. I, does this I ball. don't
1: care. Wayne, Wayne is the guy to start this up, let's and Chris, with it. I, I'm so uh, I'm so about this, man. I loved beach I'm hockey. so <laughs> about this. If you want to, if you, you want to lead the charge with me, Chris, let's let's fucking go.
3: <laughs> I'm it, yeah. I'm sure, why not? I got time now, so.
1: <laughs> hey, if, yeah. sure enough. Hey,
2: you, you might not. You never know what's next, but sure enough, we look back at a couple of years. Chris Peters, commissioner of the new and super exciting, <laughs> successful uh, roller hockey roller beach hockey. <laughs> what a what a reality that would be no but yeah, let's do it great piece I'm in. Uh, on ESPN um, I'm a big fan of long-form journalism and and Chris's pieces and, and like I told you off air man you have this way of, of bringing people into the story emotionally but providing some great you know not only just examples and stories but and your in your draft analysis and your prospect stuff y- your understanding of the game and your ability to explain it to not just you know the you know the hockey knowledge you know geniuses but the average fan is incredible i i've been following your work since i think i, I think i started following you at some sanaya supergi's advice uh back back in 2009 10 and i thought yeah. followed- You've been great, man, and I Thanks, really, buddy. really look forward to seeing what's next for you. You got so much talent. You're everything that's that's right with, with hockey journalism. So I know you land on your feet and into a great role. And let's just hope it's as uh, president and
1: commissioner of the role of Utah. <laughs> let's go, <laughs> I can do it, man! I'm so ready. Like yeah. I, I'm, I'm not kidding. Like I am no, so ready. 100 serious. Like, I'm on this, fully right? on board. I'm, I'm, I'm six to midnight right now. Let's do this. <laughs>
3: Oh, man. Well, you guys are sending me off on a, on a high note here. So I like it. I'm, I'm ready to go now, too. So, <laughs> yeah, but Cully and Dwayne, this is awesome, man. They, 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 thanks a lot for having me. It was uh, really great to chat with you guys. And, oh, man, I yeah, let's hope for brighter days in 2021, huh? Yeah, 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 and we can't wait to have you back on. Really, really. I know
2: that you have a ton of stuff going on with you but we really appreciate the extra time. I know our fans will. So um, Dwayne, I I mean, that's it for me. Big thanks to Chris Peters. Find him on Twitter at Chris M. Peters and check out all his work because it's been great. And um, here's to a big USA hope for a big USA Canada gold medal game. Sounds
3: good, guys. Thanks.
2: Thanks again. Chris Peters, everybody. This has been part two of episode 43 of two goalies, one Mike. Dwayne is six to midnight right now over the the new beach hockey league. league He's starting. So please keep your eyes out for that because it's going to be coming in hot from Dwayne. So Dwayne, great, great. A couple interviews here, man. That was probably my two favorites since I can remember, but um, both Dave and Chris knocked it out of the park, bro. Um, So we'll be dropping these on the day of, uh, on the Monday. And uh, really awesome job getting these awesome guests, Dwayne.
1: Thanks, man. Like I said, uh, you know, I'm always down to interview anybody in the hockey world, especially somebody as passionate about beach hockey as me. So
2: I love it. All right. That, this is it for episode 43, part two. We'll see you next week. Two
0: goalies, one mic. Yeah, yeah. Woo!